I just want to thank Pastor Mike for allowing me this opportunity. He'll hear this message at some point. And yeah, I'm a little jealous that he's in Jamaica and we're in the cold, but you know, at least it's sunny, right? So I wanted to share a little bit about me today. Um, some of you know who I am and some of you might not know me very well. Um, I'm working here um, at the Cloquet campus right now as the Connections Pastor, and what that means is I've been working on developing small groups and working with facilitators, um, and our small group ministry has been growing. It's so exciting because we have 26 facilitators right now, and almost 100 of you registered in small groups. So let's give our facilitators a hand. Thank you. Um, I was credentialed as a certified pastor with the Assemblies of God in April of uh, 2021, so just this last April, and Good Hope Church um, hosts MinSOM classes. So if you haven't heard of that before, it's the, um, the Minnesota School of Ministry And I think it's an amazing privilege that we have these classes available to us here. And so I was able to do that. So, and some of you might know, um, my husband and I also uh, were able to plant the West Duluth um, Morgan Park campus in 2017. Uh, We're still waiting to see what'll happen with that uh, through the COVID shutdown. Um, So it's been a great privilege to be here. And before that, I served in small groups and prayer ministry for the last 20 years. I did not grow up in a church-going family. My parents dropped me off at a little church in the country, and um, they felt like it was important to expose me to the things of God, which I appreciate because there were some nuggets planted there um, in that church. But after that, I rebelled as a teenager, and I became very depressed. So I was really thankful because um, I wanted to let you guys know that one of the missionaries that Good Hope Church supports, Erin Molly and her husband, JP, they are currently serving in Africa right now, but that is the woman that invited me to church. And that's how I came to know Christ in my 20s. So I felt like she was being like a U.S. missionary before she was sent off to Africa, and I'm really thankful for her. So at that church, I had a real encounter with a living God, and it had an immediate impact on my life and the way that I saw things. Everything looked different. I went uh, and I had freedom from depression, I had freedom from migraines, and I had freedom from severe, severe anger issues. (laughs) And a lot of people are like, I don't see that in you, but trust me, you can ask my husband. (laughs) So um, I do have a photo of my family, if some of you don't know who my family is. Um, This is my husband, Corey. And we will have been married um, 19 years this summer. And then we have two children. Um, Jeremiah is 14, about to pass us up in height. We're not sure where that height comes from. 
And then our daughter, Allie, is 11. And then we um, have our new puppy. He's about a year old, and his name is Cooper. (laughs) So today, we're going to be talking about our strength versus God's strength. And I want to ask a question for each one of us to ponder. Where does our strength come from? So right now I'd like to take a couple minutes and pray. Gracious God, we come to you this morning asking you to open our hearts. Help us to open, be open to all that you want to show us today. We ask that you fill us up with your holy word, challenge us, and grow us as we strive to follow hard after you. Each one of us comes here today with different challenges, and we ask that you, Holy Spirit, to meet each one of us where we're at. Father God, I pray that you could use me as a vessel to share this message. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we're going to start out by reading Psalm 65, 1 through 8. Praise awaits you, our God in Zion. To you our vows will be fulfilled. O you who answer prayer, to you all people will come. When we were overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. Blessed are those you choose and and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house and of your holy temple. You answer us with awesome and righteous deeds, God our Savior, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas, who formed the mountains by your power, having armed yourself with strength, who stilled the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, and the turmoil of the nations. The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders, where morning dawns, where evening fades. You call forth songs of joy. So this passage highlights God's mighty power, and I want us to go back to verses 6 and 7. He formed the mountains by your power, having armed yourself with strength, who stilled the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, and the turmoil of the nations. So just think about his power. Where have you seen his power? Maybe when you were sitting on the side of a hill or a mountain, a lake, or an ocean. I experience God a lot when I'm in nature. I know that can be different for everyone. So it goes beyond that where we could see God's power. Maybe it's you forgiving somebody that you never thought you could forgive. Maybe some reconciliation. Maybe you saw a healing in yourself or in a friend next to you. So God's power is endless. Let's take a moment to think about what our culture says about strength. Our culture teaches strength comes from you or from me. It tells us to do better, tells us to run harder. 
It says to give more. And then I ask, when is it enough? Is it ever enough? Have you guys ever fallen into, I don't need any help. I don't want to bother anyone. I don't need anyone. I can manage on my own. And I certainly don't want to ask for help. What do we do sometimes when our strength runs out? We can give up. We can isolate and stay away from the very people that we need. Shame can settle in. We can feel bad about ourselves. And then sometimes we cope. There's lots of different ways that we cope. So I want to look at the Bible at someone who gave up. Do you guys remember Elijah in Kings? Do you remember why he gave up? I'm going to share a little bit about that, uh, kind of paint a picture. So in 1 Kings 18, Elijah confronted King Ahab. He said, you have abandoned the Lord's commands and followed Baal's. He told them to go get the people of Israel and meet him at Mount Carmel. Elijah said to the people, How long will you waver between the God of Baal and the God of Israel? He challenges them. So if the Lord is God, then follow him. And if Baal is God, then follow him. And he commands them to go get two bulls and the prophets of Baal to build an altar. Elijah also builds an altar, and whosoever God answers by fire is the real God. So after calling out to Baal all day, and they even, Bible study that they even cut themselves and just cried out all day, nothing happened to, the, to that altar. And then Elijah has the people douse the Lord God's altar with water, not one time, not two times, but he says, douse it again the third time. And then Elijah cries out to God, and that altar and the wood and the water and everything around it is completely dry, and the fire just came immediately. So then Elijah commands the people to kill all the prophets of Baal, The word gets back to Jezebel, King Ahab's wife, and she says, she sends a messenger to Elijah and says, when I find you, I'm going to kill you. So now we're going to pick up and turn to 1 Kings 19, 3 through 5. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. And all at once, an angel touched him. So what happens here? 
Elijah did great things with God's help. And then he faced fierce opposition. Jezebel was threatening him. He felt alone. He ran away. But he had listened to God. He had just seen God show up and do so many amazing things. Yet in this moment, Elijah felt weak and he needed help. So let's pick back up here in 1 Kings 19, 5 through 9. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head with some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water, he ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Oreb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night, and the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? What do we see here? What do we see about the character of God? He was there even in Elijah's weakness. He was gracious to Elijah. He gave him food that sustained him, even though Elijah had given up and Elijah's strength had run out. He was still there with him. So now I'd like to look at the New Testament at Apostle Paul a guy who knows about hardships and about strengths and weaknesses. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. We'll go in just a little bit there and start at, Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, and my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, I am strong. Paul had a thorn, and he pleaded with God to take it away. There's a lot of commentaries about this passage, and there's some speculations about what that thorn might be. But I think that it's not listed here for us to be able to apply it to our own lives. How many of us maybe feel like we have a thorn that we're wrestling with? So I wanted to uh, share a personal story as well. So we looked at Elijah, we looked at Paul, 
And then I was remembering back to a time when my husband had become very ill. He was the sole provider of our family. I had just had a baby, our firstborn, Jeremiah. And I was starting my dream being a stay-at-home mom. So my husband couldn't go to work. What would we do as a young family? He, he couldn't barely get off the couch. So for him, a day back then was taking a shower. We were lucky if he could get up, get off the couch, and get in the shower. And I'm taking care of a newborn baby. And tears are starting to run down my face because I thought, this isn't the stay-at-home mom dream I thought about what are we going to do? I started bringing out the trash because he couldn't bring out the trash. I started doing the bills because he couldn't do the bills. And if you know me, I don't do bills. (laughs) My husband does the bills. So we used lots of paid time off and we were at the point of exhausting it. We had to make a decision to leave his full-time management job and all the securities it had, and trust God and believe that he would take care of us. But wait, this job he had had for almost 20 years, we had lots of paid time off, we had health insurance, it was a steady paycheck. I'm not sure, God, I really don't know if this is going to work. Yet we knew it. We needed to listen to the still small voice. We needed to trust God to have my husband walk away from a job that was taking all of his energy and to trust God to provide through a very small property investment um, business that we had been um, growing on the side, not knowing that we were going to have this issue come up. Can you guess what happened God showed up. We, so we, we left the job. We took the leap of faith. We knew that God was telling us that we needed to do that. The first month that he had left his job, we ended up in the emergency room, not once, but twice. And we still didn't know if we had health insurance. <laughs> we weren't really sure where that money was going to come from. But God provided And then we bought a camper and decided we're going to go camping for a whole month as a family and get out of town and let my husband um, bond with his kids. By this time, this, this illness went on for a very long time. And so by this time, we had two kids, and both of them had not been able to bond with their dad very well because their dad had been so sick. So we got out in the woods And we camped for a month, and we just spent time together as a family. And during that time, we actually found another camper that was for sale and saw potential, cleaned it up, sold it, and made as much money as we would have the first month of my husband's of one month of his pay, and God provided. We had bags of clothes dropped off on our doorsteps just When we needed them, I'd have more clothes for my kids. God showed up in powerful ways during some of our weakest moments. We 
could have not listened. We could have just wrestled it out, tried to see if we could tough it out, and, but we listened and we allowed for God to have space. We chose to trust God and we leaned in to his strength. So I'd like to actually switch it up for a moment and talk about what does the Bible say that we should use our strength for? I want to look at Mark 12:30. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. This was the greatest commandment. The word of God talks about us loving the Lord God with all of our strength. So this is what we can pour our strength into, and then he will fill us up. It is not an excuse to not try hard, but if we're going to try at something really hard, let's try to build up our relationship with God. It can kind of parallel to a marriage. If we didn't take much time to spend with our spouse, our marriage isn't going to be very good. And so let's challenge one another and go after this thing that God says to love him with all of our strength and see what happens. And before I want to, what I want to leave you guys with today is three ways to go after God's strength. So first of all, we need to pray. And we need to ask God and confess to him that we need him. Confess to him our shortcomings and ask for his help. So in 1 Kings 17, where, where is after Jezebel tried to kill Elijah and the angel came and helped him out, now we see in King 17, 1 Kings 17 that he asks God for provision. So his faith was built up and he was with a widow and her son and Elijah believes for God to fill her flour and oil jar over and over. And he does. So number one, we're going to pray. Number two, we're going to press in. And we're going to press in by reading God's word. His word provides truth. And he reminds us of who he is in his mighty power. And I also think that sometimes his word, a lot of times actually, helps us to refocus. Anybody ever wake up on the wrong side of the bed? I do. (laughs) But I can pull out the word and um, have a good shift in my perspective, which I'm thankful for. I'd like to go to Joshua 1.8. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So we need to fill ourselves up and we need to practice it by pressing in. And one way that we could fill up 
with his strength, something that's really been on my heart as I've been preparing for this, in our weakness is to be filled up with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So let's take a look in John, and this is Jesus talking to his disciples. We're going to look at John 16, 7. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And in this passage, the advocate is the Holy Spirit. Jesus has been preparing his disciples that he will be leaving. He wants them to know that one greater will be coming. So I'd like to go forward a couple more books in the Bible and see Jesus speaking to his disciples again. We're going to turn to Acts 1, 4, and 5, and verse 8. On one occasion, when he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. I want to show you what happened after they listened and they waited. And we're going to turn to Acts 2, 2 through 4. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit enabled them. So baptism in the Holy Spirit didn't happen for me right away. It's something that um, people, I would encourage you to go after. It can look different for everyone. Um, This is, so when we ask Jesus into our hearts, the Holy Spirit does come into us and, and starts, he starts to change us and we start to experience more peace inside of us. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is another facet and another way that we can have power um, as we press into him. And so I wanted to also go to Acts 2, 38 and 39. It says, Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So this says it's for you. It says it's for your children. And what happened here is Peter was emboldened and he was strengthened by the Holy Spirit. So this is not a formula. We just trust God's timing and we press in. And like I said, it's going to look a little different for everyone. Some people go after God in their quiet space in their bedroom and, and 
all of a sudden they're just like, wow, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Or it can happen when you're at church and you come and ask for prayer, or maybe when you're worshiping God, it's going to look different for everyone. But I also wanted to encourage you, if you have any questions about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, there's an awesome pamphlet in the info area, and it explains a whole bunch of questions um, in, a, in a really great way. So grab one of those if you have any more questions. So number one, we're going to pray. Number two, we're going to press in. And number three, we're going to praise so we can praise him and acknowledge him. We're going to read Nehemiah 8.10. Nehemiah said, Go and drink choice food and sweet drinks and send some of those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. Isn't it hard to praise him sometimes before the breakthrough? breakthrough? Anyone ever feel like that? I have. (laughs) So in conclusion, again, I want to ask ourselves, where does our strength come from? At this time, I'd like to invite up the prayer teams. God created us for community versus the isolation that this season has brought. Are we going to go forward in his word and press in? Or are we going to cope? Let's be honest. Our strength runs out. But God's strength never runs out. If we tap into his strength, we will be able to keep walking forward in victory. And so I'm going to pray, and then I'll dismiss. And um, just feel free to linger. Lindsay's going to play the piano for a little while. So if God's really doing something in your heart, I encourage you just to linger. Otherwise, um, if you could quietly sneak out after, and you can go visit in the foyer and grab some more coffee. So, Lord, I just thank you so much for each and every person that you brought here today. God, you have a purpose and you have a plan for each and every one of us, Father. And I pray, God, that whatever each of us is dealing with today, I ask, God, that you would help us to lay it at your feet, that we could walk out of here with your strength, God, help us to see when we're leaning on our own strength. Help us to be aware of it, Lord. And Father, I just thank you for this time. And I just ask that you bless each and every person here. In Jesus' name, amen.